Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast, a place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I share with you. Whether you're listening on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or needing a boost of encouragement after a full day, I want for you to feel seen by God, to be encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. This is episode 109 with my in-real-life friend, Leslie Hollowell. You may remember Leslie from episode 6, right after I had just started the podcast. On that episode, she shared part of her story of journeying through embryo adoption. Today, we will be chatting about Leslie's story of mentoring teen girls, what that means, and how God has called her to serve in that way. We talk about what mentoring looks like when you have young children and that it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Leslie has a unique story. Before she was married, God called her out as a school teacher into full-time ministry with teen girls. She has a heart for discipleship, mentoring, teaching, encouraging young women to follow after God with all their hearts. Y'all, I am thrilled to be able to share this conversation that Leslie and I were able to have one morning sitting around my kitchen table. I literally had no notes and it was on purpose. Before recording, we asked the Lord to lead our conversation, to lead our words, and He did. After listening, you will feel refreshed, encouraged, and ready to go and walk in what God has called you to do. That's our prayer. All right, so let's get to this episode with my friend, Leslie Hollowell. Well, welcome to the podcast, Leslie. Oh, Rand, thank you for, I'm just honored. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Well, I am super excited because um, we have chatted before. I mean, we chat in real life, but yes, we, we have chatted before <laughs> on the podcast. Um, you were my one of my first interviews. And I love your story. I love your passion for the Lord, for His Word. Your story that we shared about at the beginning of the po- when the podcast started was mm-hmm. about you and Ronnie, your husband, um, desiring to have a family, and uh, God led you to embryo adoption. And so that was really part of your story that we talked about. God has continued to do a work in your heart in women's ministry, and especially for um, young women. And so we're going to talk about that today, and I'm so excited you're here. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so excited. Yes, you have definitely um, honored to share the embryo adoption story, but now today you get to hear the heart that I just feel like God has definitely called me to in mommyhood and ministry and all of that. So thank you. Well, I'm excited, and I have to tell y'all, you don't see it, but right now I have a blank page in my notes with a bullet point and that's all. I don't have any notes. I don't that's kind of the beauty about recording with a friend in real life that you know in real life well that you just have um, everything that you know that we're going to talk about like we would talk about in a normal conversation, which is what I want the podcast to be anyway. I love that. I love that. I love it. <laughs> so you just told me a story and I need my listeners to hear this story. I said, "Leslie, all I have is a blank page right now." I said, "We're letting God write our write our episode today, and we're going to let him just lead us of how we need to go." So tell me a little bit about 
what how this sparked a little memory for you it did i remember 14 well it's almost 15 years ago um after i'd been interviewing um with phil newberry uh, about the girls ministry it would be the girls the first girls ministry position they had ever had ever had at bellevue and in my fear, I had been, I, I sat with him, it was December, he and his wife, Sweet Jeannie, and on December 31st, 2004 in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and I said, Phil, I've, I, I was giving him all of my I've nevers, and I said, what does this entail? And he slid me a blank sheet of paper, and he said, this is something we get to watch God write. You and I get to be part of that writing. He's going to write this. And so it was really sweet because when he retired and I got to speak, I slid him a blank sheet of paper and I said, now you're starting a new season. We're going to see what God's going to write on that. So for you to have a blank page made me smile. Oh, so. I love it. And I don't usually do that. It's kind of making making me kind of like, huh. But it is going to be great. So I'm real excited you're here. Let's go back. And well, before we go back into a little of your story of how God led you into women's ministry, young women's ministry. Um, let's go back and explain to my list, tell my listeners who you are, um, mm-hmm. a little bit about your family and kind of your day-to-day schedule. Cause you have a, a, a good, <laughs> a good busy schedule, but, um, a very intentional schedule. And so tell everybody who you are, your family and your day-to-day. Thank you. Okay, well, my name is Leslie Hollowell, and I've been in Memphis for 14 years. That's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. 14 and a half now. Um, I finally got married at the age of 38, and then I had a baby at 42. So uh, I have a seven-year-old little boy, so you can do the math on how old I am. But um, <laughs> life is fun, and every season is different. Um, through my single years, I really feel like that's where God really um, put a spotlight on my calling. Um, It would have never um, been what I would have chosen. You know, I had my plan. I had less go to college, uh, meet somebody. I I have a degree in elementary education. So, you know, get out, get married, teach, have summers off to raise a family. And God kind of laughed at that plan (laughs) of mine. But in college, I had the privilege of being discipled. And I think that was the beginning of God really, like, are you going to surrender every desire you have to follow the call I have on your life? And through that discipleship and someone walking me intentionally through Scripture, I grew up in church. I grew up... um, that's a whole nother ballgame. But anyway, okay. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I, I began through other women in my life seeing God just really open up doors and shine what he had called me to do. And your day-to-day life is full, but it is very, when I say intentional, you um, are a Christian counselor a couple days a week. I am. And you have a passion for that and you're gifted at that. Um, But also when, let's go back a little bit, when you were um, in Alabama, you were teaching school. And I want to. I want you to explain the process of how God was. Like we look back at your calling and how He was confirming your calling mm. um, to you. Tell me how that brought you to Memphis. Mm. Well, um, 
like I said, in college, I was discipled by a sweet girl by the name of Sherry, and Sherry invested. And when when I say discipled, I mean, some days it was us walking around the track and talking about life, Mm. but it was somebody holding me accountable to memorizing scripture. I was there when her first child was born, came to the hospital after the baby was born. Sometimes we were folding laundry while the baby was napping and talking Mm. life. And so that really, really lit a fire into me. I was involved with, um, I got involved with campus outreach in college and and done summer missions, um, summer beach project, which to me were, other than my married life, was the two most life-changing summers of my life because Mm -hmm. they intentionally taught me how to disciple and how to pour my life while living a real life. I was a maid for two different summers in Panama City Beach. That that was an interesting dynamic of seeing so many different people and yet coming home and being trained in how to study my Bible and then on Saturdays go out and share the gospel on the beach. Mm. So those were two very life-changing. So I, I see the Lord began doing that. Um, when I graduated college, I was clueless. Um, a sweet family, one of my mentors, Jane, took me in. And I graduated in December. And I remember just that time I was working as a waitress and then working at a clothing store saying, God, I want a teaching job. And Fast forward, he did open up that door. And during those teaching times, um, or those years of teaching, I had my summers off. And I was involved with a local church that went on a a summer um, youth trip. And so I went kind of as a counselor in my, you know, early 20s. And I love that. That's why I have such a heart for these girls in their 20s. I'm like, do it now. Put, you know. Yes. Yes, I love that many of them are getting married. But I love that many of them, God has a different calling. And so I I can do that with them. Anyway, and so during the summers, I began working with a ministry called Breakaway, and which was really fun because I spent six weeks at the beach. Yeah, you know, totally. and God just again began just continually growing me through those summers and um, reminding me that people invested in me, and because of that, Second Timothy two two says the thing Paul tells Timothy the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men or women, who are qualified to teach others also. And so that's the beauty of Paul taught Timothy, then Timothy taught others, and it's gone on to now, mm. you know, because of that um, intentional investment. And that's what the Lord has taught me so much that Titus too says for the older women to train the younger women and so women had trained me and they're still training me to this day but I get to take the training that I get and invest into younger women and he just confirmed that through the the summers and then the Lord I'm talking a lot no, you have good. Any more? <laughs> so in so in when you were in Alabama you're teaching you're like okay I've got my life planned out and then what God say and then, well, basically he said, well, just keep following me. And so I did. I mean, I went on lots of dates thinking, okay, this is, the, you know, and this is, this has got to be it. This has got to be it. Um, but throughout that, there was just this passion to pour into younger girls. Mm. And so here I am in my mid to late 20s, and all of a sudden these high school and college girls, they just want to hang out with me. Mm. And I get to really intentionally. So what started out on a Tuesday night Bible study during my teaching time with a few girls ended up as four years of 
girls and guys coming to my house every Tuesday night. There would be 30 to 40 kids, and wow. it blew me away. So Monday nights just became a date night with Jesus, where I got my Bible and my journal and my um, legal pad and my concordances and said, what are we going to teach them tomorrow, tomorrow Lord? Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was my seminary because the Lord, I mean, I that and Beth Moore. Praise the Lord for Beth Moore because yeah, I would, I would mm. order her tapes from yeah. her Sunday school class. I oh, love them no. cassette tapes, guys, y'all. <laughs> and I would put them in my car on my thirty-minute drive to where I taught school, mm. and she mentored me. You yeah. know, so you think about all the different people that are planting seeds in your life, but those seeds are for a purpose, you know, so that they can carry the fruit. And so that's where he had me. You know, yes, I was still like, Lord, is he the one? Is he the one? I was always looking for the right guy, but I also had just such a passion that he had put a fire in me um, through so many other women. Like, this, this is really more important at this season of my life. So... Yes, I mentored. Yes, I dated. But he was growing me um, through teaching. A lot of times those girls would go with me and help me set my room up. And it was living life with them. And I think you and I were just talking about that passage in 1 Thessalonians where Paul tells them. He says, we were delighted to not only share the gospel with you, but our lives as well. And that's 1 Thessalonians 1, if you might want to go look at that. But that's where I think... We need to focus more on the why we do it than the how. We just do it because we got to, fo- you know, that mm. not because we got it together. I'm as screwed up as a Betsy bug. <laughs> I'm not kidding, especially I was telling you about these hormones that as I'm going downhill in the turning nearly 50 age, that I'm reminded that because the way I feel sometimes makes me not want to do it. Like, God, why, why would they want to hang Why would I? Because, like, because your job is to point them back to the fact that you need a savior as much as they do. Mm-hmm. And so when we can really focus so much on the fact that it's not about me, it's about him and I'm screwed up. So I need him and I need them to see they need him too. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? That's so where he has me right now in this season. Yeah. So. Well, and I love that you are just available to him. You are mm. just open, you know, open hands. And then when he moved you from Alabama to Memphis to do girls ministry, yeah. I mean, that's it what still you blows were, me away. <laughs> what, what was your title when when you came here? Was it girls minister? It was director of girls ministry. Director of girls ministry. <laughs> so you came and you were director of girls ministry. And then now you are speaking on discipleship. You're speaking on mentorship. Tell me what God's laid on your heart to talk about most recently. Mm. I want to know. I know it's a lot, but I I, 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 I want to hear it. Well, I think it goes back to what we were just saying, that it's not it's not because I have it together. Right. More than anything, He is reminding me every single day that I need to be in His Word because my overflow is going to affect people. And He actually has a lot to say about the word overflow in Scripture. But, you know, um, Romans 15, 13, I think says... Um, May the God of hope. Hope, yes. Yes, that is. Thank you. (laughs) May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Why? So you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So again, I have such a need for him that I just want that to be my overflow with the girls that he puts in my life that they say they have have a need for him. And so, again, in this season, as he brought me to be director of girls' ministry, it is such a sweet thing to see so many girls that I got to invest into 
in that season, they're now mommies. And I get to hang out with them in a different way. And we talk mommyhood and and life. But also, you know, I, I do biblical counseling two days a week. And that's, I mean, what better privilege than to get a girl to come to you for an hour and sit? You get to share the truth of God's word with her. And so, again, my need for him and my need for his word to overflow in my life has never been more real to me. Like, it is not about me. And if we only disciple girls because we have it together, we'll never disciple them because we always have a need for him. And that's that's where he has me as I'm trying to encourage other women to mentor girls. Don't do it because you have it together. Invite them into your life and let them see their need for you, for the Savior. Let them see your need for a Savior, you know, through folding laundry or whatever it is this past Wednesday I sat with two senior girls who are really struggling just with the surroundings in their public school and we sat in my living kitchen I mean living room floor and opened up the word and just talked about what I was learning and honestly this week I've been in first Samuel with David and Saul because I had a chance to go to Israel a few weeks ago and I got to stand in the valley of Elah where David defeated Goliath and I was telling them I've read that passage over and over ever since then and God just keeps saying Saul put his armor on David but it wasn't his calling and he and David had to throw it off Mm. He said, you know, and, and David Saul's intentions were really good. Oh, yeah. You know, like, hey, dude, I need you to be well armored. But right. David's like, ah, oh, this isn't what I'm called to walk in. And he picked up his five stones. And, and that relates back to Hebrews 12 where he says, throw off anything that hinders you and run your race. I'm not called to run your race and you're not called to run my race. But we're called to run towards Jesus. And they're going to, so we got to stay in our lane. So that's a lot of what he's been teaching me here lately. I love that. Okay, and t- share the, the verse and the verses from the word that we were talking about earlier about how it can be like from a parenting aspect, how neat that the scripture mentions moms and dads. And um, to share it really what you just was that really just I, it's all if you saw my Bible right now these passages are hi- highlighted and underlined and circled because um, Paul is telling them he says in verse two seven sorry of chapter two um, he says just as a, nu- a nursing mother cares for her children so we cared for you because we loved you so much we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God but our lives as well and I oh that's so good and then he goes on down to say that we didn't want to be a burden to anyone while we shared the gospel with you you were witnesses and so is God of how holy righteous and blameless we strive to be for you know and listen to this so he talked about a nursing mother and that's how they're caring for the people they disciple like very intimately but then he says for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children this was that reminder, like when talking to dads, like this is what God's called you to do. Mm-hmm. Encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of the gospel you are called to in the kingdom of his story. Oh, sorry, kingdom of glory. <laughs> but it is his story. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. For me, that was like, you know, when you mentor and disciple these younger women, you're just, you're just parenting them. And sometimes you have to speak truth. Goodness, I remember... One of my mentors sat down. I kept being late to everything. I'm just, I'm kind of a fly by the seat of your pants girl. And I was late to a lot of things. Mm. And and, um, that she and I were involved with. 
And she sat me down and she said, I love you, but you are so inconsiderate. (gasps) And y'all, that stung. Mm. But 25 years later, I really think about that when I'm running late or when Mm. other people, I'm on their time. You know, but Mm. we need people like that to speak that life into us and to speak that truth into us. And so that would be what I would tell my son. Dude, yeah. you're you're being inconsiderate, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and all of that. So again, I love how Paul refers to this mentoring and discipleship as a parent, as a mom and a dad. You know, that's cool. We are going to get right back to our conversation. But before we do, I want to tell you about something exciting coming up in less than three weeks, y'all. On November 22nd, I will be dropping my fourth annual Top 10 with Wren gift giving guide episode. And what that is, is I have picked 10 different items that I will be purchasing for Christmas presents for my family and friends. And I share them with you. So when you finish listening to this episode, click the subscribe button so that that episode will drop right into your podcast app on the 22nd. Also, if you have a small business and you are interested in being a sponsor of that episode, you can email Jenny at friendsofafeatherpodcast at gmail.com or visit my website for more information. Okay, back to the show. Okay, so you were in girls' ministry, but um, now God has called you to, um, you became a mom. And Finally! <laughs> and it's hard. And Man, then, that's the most yeah. sanctified job. Yeah, it sure is. Wow. <laughs> And so you cancel um, women um, two days a week. Um, that is your job. And then that you are in the throes of full-on motherhood with your mm-hmm. son, but then also working two days a week. How does that translate? Because I know a lot of us can probably be hung up and be like, I can't do that. You don't understand. I'm, I've got kids of my own. I've got yes. this. I've got a part-time job. I've got a full-time job. I work from home. Or, you know, I'm homeschooling. What what would you tell them would be a practical way to do this with being with having all the other responsibilities you have? What does that look like? Well, I think for me, I had to recognize that every season is different. Okay. You know, when I had a little, little bitty one, mm-hmm. y'all, I was crazy. <laughs> I, I just was like was worried not. about everything and don't yeah. get your germs on them. Yeah. And, you know, so I kind of backed away from a little bit That's because true. I needed to kind of figure yes. out my new normal. That's good advice. And so don't beat yourself up when mm-hmm. you have those little bitty ones. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, first of all, motherhood and marriage is ministry and so we put that at the top and that is something I want to tell my girls you know Mm -hmm. like anyway Katie who is a sweet precious girl that I've known the whole 14 years and now she is in ministry and single you know in her 30s but um, I get to meet with her and a couple of others Grace and Morgan on Thursdays for lunch and so uh, that is our we don't really always have a set thing it's they're all three in ministry now Mm -hmm. and so that's more of a mentoring that's more of a hey what's going on in your life let's talk about what we're learning how can we pray for each other during lunch but and while my son is in school now because he's in second grade so that this season looks totally different than that season when Hudson was home and in 
preschool, you know, um, and I kept him at preschool with me. The girls would come over. Sometimes he was in my lap while we were doing um, Bible study. And sometimes I would say, y'all keep reading. I'm going to go get him something to drink. Mm -hmm. I think when we just, we put it in a box, Mm -hmm. then we've totally messed up what true ministry is. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus walked with his disciples. He talked with them. He reprimanded them. He pointed them back to his father. You know, and so when we can look at every season and go, okay, well, I mean, the other day when my two high school girls came on Wednesday, they come at three, they get out of school at two. Normally, I completely forgot that we had a, like, day where kids were home because of counseling. So I was like, oh, Hudson's going to be here. Uh So I was like, hey, can you want to go play out on your Ninja Warrior course? And me and the girl, but he came in and I had to get him something. And they, you know, but they need to see real life too. Absolutely, They need to see not on orchestra. They need to see that he is my ministry too. Mm -hmm. I did get tickled. I have to tell you all this because, you know, it's one of those things that you giggle about. But Hudson, he and I were having a conversation one day. And um, he said, Mom, I just want to be a fa-. He loves Ninja Warrior, uh-huh. if you know anything. But he just loves it. He loves obstacles and stuff like that. Um, but he goes, I just want to be a famous Ninja Warrior guy. And I said, well, I love that you want to be Ninja Warrior, but I don't really care that you're famous. He goes, why? And I said, because famous people have a lot of... We were just having that conversation. Mm -hmm. I said, if you're famous, a lot of people know you, and a lot of people might like you, but probably as many won't like. Like, you have Mm -hmm. to deal with... And we were just talking about that. He goes, but mom, you're famous. I said, baby, I am not famous. He goes, you're famous with those Bible study girls. And I giggled, and I said, oh, then yes, I want to be famous with them. But, but that he that yeah. in his mind, yeah. I wanted he you know famous. that he was like they come to your house, mm. and I've always wanted. But guess what? One of them's babysitting this weekend for us. Well, me and Ronnie go on a date, so yes. they you know just as much as I get to invest in their life, they invest in mine, and they invest in my sons too. Mm. And so it's really a beautiful. It, and you know, like yesterday, I called the girls and said, "Hey, girls." I've had one of those days, so we're not going to do lunch today, okay? You know, and that's okay too. Right, like we don't, right. we, I don't have to just do it because it was on my schedule. Yes, I had good. six back-to-back counseling, and my brain was fried. Yes, yes, <laughs> so, right. anyway, mm. I think we have to be okay with not having everything in a box, and if we don't dot our I or cross our T that day, that we're not any less person because our job is to point them to Him mm. and let them see our yuckiness. It's so good, so good. Um, okay, so tell me, it, we are like almost out of time. Goodness, that went by fast. I know. I've talked so much. I know. You're <laughs> fabulous. This is so encouraging and so great. Tell me a little bit about, before we kind of wrap it up, about women walking in their calling and mm-hmm. how to know what your calling is and what God is nudging you, you to do. Can you speak on that for a minute? I'll do my best because I just feel like, again, one of the things that we as women that I've had to learn to throw off is in Hebrews 12, 1, it says, and throw off anything that hinders you. And sometimes scrolling and looking at everybody else's calling can be heavy. Mm. And you got to throw it off and get with the Lord and say, God, what is your calling? And when we get in his word, we see Titus 2 tells the older women to train the younger women. And I, I mean, I think we do that in any capacity we can. For you, it might be taking a stroller, walk, putting your kid in a stroller and say, hey, meet me at Shelby Farms, and we walk around the lake together. I've done that numerous times. 
So I think it's recognizing that God has given you a calling to, I mean, man, if we go to Psalm 78, that's one that just looks me in the heart all the time because it says, we must tell. It's not a, hey, you might want to tell. It's a, we must tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. We're not telling them how we have it together. We're not telling, we're telling them, hey, let me tell you what God has done in my life this week. Or, or do you remember when God parted the, the, he can still do that, you know? And so we're just going back and saying, we're telling this generation why. Because in Psalm 78, it says, we must tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. Why? I'm trying to get there, y'all. Hold on just a minute. Um, Nope, that's Psalm 107. Okay, right there it is. Um, We must tell the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. And it says, so, in verse 6, the next generation would know them, even their children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. And so there's this like responsibility that our generation of women has to pour into the lives of the next generation. And it it's it's I don't for me, it's not putting discipleship in a box. It's just being willing to tell about what God's doing in your life. Mm-hmm. The intentional of pointing them back to the living, active, powerful Word of God that mm-hmm. says, you've got a God who loves you. You've got a God who says the arm of God is not too short for anything. You've got You know, and so again... You look at your world, and your world's going to look different than when I was single. Man, I have these girls at my house all the time. Now I have to go, wait a second, I have a husband. I have a son. I want to still invest into these girls. So sometimes that's, hey, my husband's at work, my kid's at school, let's do lunch together. You know, or let's go walk at Shelby Farms. Or they know they have an open invitation to go to my back screened in porch by themselves and, and sit with the Lord because I'll mm. never forget a season of my life in college where Sherry, the girl that discipled me, it was I had just broken up with a guy. My parents had separated, and this was a a really like dark season that I, I think back on. And I remember like it's just a funny memory now, but I remember like knocking on her door, just <gasps> sobbing. Mm. And so she opened the door and she was like. And so I walked through and I realized her husband was having a Bible study with all these college guys. And so so we walked back. She took me to the back room and I kind of shared with her. And she said, okay, I can't talk right now, but here's what I want you to do. And she took her Bible and she handed it to me. And she said, you go in that room and don't come out till you and the Lord have had it out together. Mm. It changed me. It radically changed me that she didn't do it, but she handed me a Bible and told me to go back there with the Lord by myself in that back room. And I cried and I prayed, but he led me to 2 Corinthians 1 that says, Blessed be the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles so we later can comfort others with the same comfort we ourselves receive from Christ. Huge Huge to me because I said, you're going to comfort me so I can comfort others later. You know, like that, he spoke Mm. to me and I've Mm. clung to that Mm. in my darkest times. Like what I go through is going to be used. And now as I sit across the table in counseling with these other ladies, I can say, girl, I get it. It's not a, oh, I'm sorry. It's a, I get it, but you've got a God and here's your Bible. That's what Mm. biblical counseling is. So Mm. I love it, girl. And that's why when I said intentional, that's what it is. That's what it is to be intentional but it's um, taking all that that God has taught you and worked in your life 
and pouring it into others. And yes. That's great. And it's I, so exciting. I don't think there's a script. I just think there's his mm, word. Yeah. And so when we can do that, I don't know, that makes me smile. Mm. <laughs> but well, he also smile, we also right? remember we're studying judges, you know, women's yeah. ministry. And Judges too says a whole generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor the things he had done. I don't want that to be the case with us. You know, if you look at that in Judges chapter 2, that right there is enough to go, oh, I want to stay in in Psalm 78 where it says. Mm. But yeah, Judges 2, look at that. I'm turning girls and then I promise I'll be quiet. But look at that. After that, uh, Judges 2 verse, Judges 2 verse, um, this is where I need my readers and I'll have them. I think it's 10. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for them. And I think that generation dropped the ball. Mm. I don't want to be that generation that drops the ball. I want to say, let me tell you what God's doing. Or you've got a God who gets you where you are. So go to him. Take your Bible, go to that back room, and don't come out till you've met with the Lord and he's talked to you. You know, so that is what I, those are the moments that have changed my life. So So meaningful and so great. Thank you so much. I love you. I love you. (laughs) Thank you, Bram, for letting me just pour out my heart. Amazing. This is amazing. And I think. Um, many women are going to be encouraged to hear you talk about how you can do it at different stages of your life and how what God has taught you so that now you can pour into others. Mm-hmm. And let us be women that do that, that search out the Lord, that seek Him out so that we can go and pour into it others. It is. And I want to say us. this. So many, and I'll end on this, but so many women now who are empty nesters, man, how they are still pouring into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to meet with Kim Tucker. You know, and we we are just hit and miss. It's, hey, can you do it this week? There's no mm-hmm. rhyme or reason, yeah. but she sits with me and has coffee with me and talks with me about, you know, motherhood and what she went through with her kids. And, man, I'm in that season where I need that. You know, and I can talk about so many. Miss Donna, she's made time for me. You know, Pam Gold. There's just an array of women in my life who are now empty nesters but are probably closer to my age that, <laughs> that I can turn around and say, well, yeah, to these younger girls, let me yeah. tell you what these women tell told yeah, me yeah, that I still absolutely. get to so it's a full circle thing mm-hmm. so I think every so season is different it's great it's great okay so I end with this I know we've been kind of like <laughs> deep and all this good stuff but we end on eat relove because I want to know what you're, <laughs> reading, what you're reading what you're loving because I know you have a bunch of resources that you have read that have been great so give me what you're eating what you're reading and what you're loving Okay, eating. Goodness, I love to eat, <laughs> I but I'm, I guess maybe it's the fall season or whatever. Uh-huh. But I'm obsessed, obsessed right now with apples dipped in caramel. Oh, like you okay. feel like you're getting healthiness. Yes. Yes, <laughs> then apple. you dip them a little bit in the in the caramel. Like okay. I just keep them out almost every day now. So Where that is, it's like a treat. Where you can the get caramel? the cut up apples at Kroger already. Okay. You know, or I got a big thing at Sam's. Yeah, and you can get the little caramel. Things okay. right there by it. them, and they're in, and you just so, so it's a kind of yummy. That's a fall treat. It's a sure. fall treat. That that's just that's Love the it. one thing that I've been like t- probably eating every day. That sounds so good. That sounds so yummy right now. <laughs> so. Okay, what are you reading, or what have you read in the past that have made a huge difference? Maybe in mentorship, maybe in discipleship, or just maybe motherhood. Mm. One book that I definitely read almost every year is called A Hunger for God by John Piper. Mm. Because if I'm not hungry for him, then then 
I'm going to be empty and not have anything to overflow. And so that is a book that I always recommend people to read because it's... But another one... I, I've, I'm, okay, so I'm at that season also where Audible has become my yeah. good friend because yeah. I drive 30 minutes yep. to drop heads so you get Me that. Too. Yeah, and 30 true. minutes back home right. and right. all that. And so I listen to Audible, but I've been right. listening. And because of... Um, Really, the number one thing we deal with in counseling is anxiety. So I've been listening to Be Anxious for Nothing by Max Licato or mm. Licato, however you want to say his mm-hmm. name. And it's been really good. Okay. It's been, you know, sometimes you need simplistic. And, with, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and Not that he's simple, but he uses no, a lot no. of stories and a lot of analogies right. that relate um, to the girls. Um, another one is I brought for you to see, but it's really good. I just got back from Israel, and somebody gave me this right before I left. And it's called The Rock, The Road, and The Rabbi. And it's by Kathy Lee Gifford, kind of. Like, she writes little snippets of her okay. journey in the okay. chapter, but it's really written by the rabbi that she's been mm-hmm. with five times to all the different places in Israel and how they're so instrumental in Scripture. But it's a very simplistic read. Okay. And so when I was in Israel, I took it with me. And right, like if they told me we were going to Mount Carmel, I'd find the chapter about Mount oh, Carmel and read nice. about it before I got there okay. so that it would be. Yeah, I've heard it's so. really good. It sounds it really like a great is. book. It really is a okay. fun, easy. But um, now that I am reading scripture with girls and we read about the Jordan River, I'm like, hey, wait, stop. You know, yeah, 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 so, so, yeah. so yeah, cool. let me tell you that. Very cool. So, I like that. Good. All right, what are you loving? Mm. I'm loving this season of somewhat simplicity, like have with my second grader. Like he's having conversations with me, some that I go, Oh, how where did that come from? Uh-huh. Um, but that he, you know, in the preschool years you're doing and I'm still doing a lot of training I call this sometimes the training is draining season um (laughs) but yeah I'm loving he you know and making time more time for my husband and we have Friday night family movie night where we just get on the couch in our PJs and Hudson gets to pick out one of his silly usually you know how to train a dragon we've watched that a bazillion times um but it's a sweet season of making sure you're doing family time and so I'm grateful for that. I do not take that lightly. Last night we sat around a fire pit and gave out candy and trick-or-treating. And I thought, I'm 49 years old and I have lived for this moment. Oh, yes. <laughs> so you know that I, I do not take those moments for granted at all. So I'm so grateful God chose to entrust me with a child in my late in life years. Mm. Even though I go to bed very tired (laughs) that's every mother that's not just being my age I know thank you so much for coming on the podcast for sharing with us about what biblical womanhood what mentorship what discipleship what it looks like and I appreciate Mm -hmm. you I love you you. for entrusting me with this this. is amazing and I'm so grateful that we had a blank piece of paper because God filled it up Um, with what he wanted us to talk about today so um, thank you he is faithful this is great thank you Ren I love you dear I love you (laughs) Y'all, I'm not lying when I say I have one sheet front and back filled in with notes as I was editing and listening to the episode again. Uh, Just so reminded of the goodness of God, the graciousness of God, and just encouraged by Leslie's story of mentorship and discipleship and just the overflow in her life. 
I do want to say that all of the links that we talked about today will be in the show notes that I email out every Tuesday. It is my joy and privilege to bring you these amazing stories each week. If this podcast has been helpful for you, I hope you'll leave a review. Thanks to Nursing Ninja for leaving a five-star rating and her review said, This is much needed for all moms today. In a world filled with so much discouragement for moms, it is refreshing to hear encouraging stories to spur one another in her motherhood. Good job, Ren. Thank you so much for that kind review. Reviews are so important because they help other women find us and be encouraged. Okay, before we wrap up, I want to leave you with some words from Leslie today. She said, your job is to point them back to the fact that you need a Savior as much as they do. Yes, yes, amen. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode today. As always, you can find me at wrenrobbins.com, on Facebook and Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast. And remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.